Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create Your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth seo generating show notes go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation that's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273 beautiful people this is the create your life series i'm your host kevin y brown and today we have an amazing guest someone that i've had the opportunity to meet at the Podcast Movement Conference and really get to know, and she's an amazing co-founder of the Creators Group and the Director of Creator Relationships. She's in charge of constructing a system where creatives have freedom to do what they do best and build strong relationships with impactful brands. Raised in an entrepreneur family and creative background, it was in her blood to trailblaze her own path, and that is what she is doing. However, coming from a culture that is risk-averse, she makes strides to set a precedence for Asian women to define for themselves their own sense of success, to take risks, trust their instincts, and act boldly. Without further ado, Create Your Life family, I am talking about no one other than Miss Jeannie June. Jeannie, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, Jeannie. You are absolutely an amazing person, and you have a beautiful spirit. I want to jump right in and just ask you, can you tell us about your entrepreneurial journey and getting to where you are now? It was quite a bit of a mess. I didn't know really what I was doing. I think I've always have known that I've wanted to be an entrepreneur. I think it's because I came from an entrepreneurial family. In high school, they taught me how to think differently. For example, I just realized that when all of my friends or my colleagues, they all thought, oh, I want this job and this job. I always thought, Whenever I interacted with people, oh, that person would be great to work with in the future. I would totally hire this kind of person. I don't know if I mesh with this kind of person. So I always tried to think differently and to not box myself in. People would ask me, what do you want to be in the future? And I would always say, I don't know, because I haven't created my title yet, the oh, industry, I or I was like, because my industry doesn't exist yet. So mm -hmm. I always wanted to do something pioneering and something that I could own for myself, really put a mark on. That's how I always felt. It was a bit of a messy journey trying to get to where I am right now. And it's still ongoing. 
a secret is like no entrepreneur really knows what they're really doing. Half of it is in the dark, trying to figure it out, being confident and trusting their own instincts. I started out in college. I went to a design school because I really wanted to have design thinking to break outside the box. I also did a product management course that led me to a startup experience with a really successful startup in Arlington, Virginia. With all that experience, I also started helping my family start another franchise line, which was really a unique experience, which was really fun as well. So I had to do some branding, I had to do vendors, and I had to do all of the nitty gritty background work on that. And you really appreciate how much goes into a business. And then after that, I moved to Kansas to be with my now husband, Brian, and I was cold emailing people in my resume. I got sick of it. It was so boring. I figured people don't remember a resume, but they do remember a face, a voice, conversations, connections. Mm -hmm. So I started networking. And so I went to a couple of places I thought instead of going to a product manager meetup, mm -hmm. I went to people who I would work with if I were a product manager. So uh, UX designers, web developers, developers just in general, things like that. So I went to there and then one meetup I went to, it was kind of like a Shark Tank forum. It's like three startups pitching to three sharks and they had five minutes to present their information. And then the sharks would ask them questions. And then that was a community where they would create connections to lead to business deals and things like that. So I went to that one and I met Jay, who is my co-founder. Nice guy. Yeah, he was the, he was an awesome person. He was the MC. They were talking about him and introducing the MC and they were saying, this guy, he's only 25. And he already sold a business, a successful business in the conference area. He now owns a baseball company. He owns a rap company. He also owns a, a little tech company that he's trying to create. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? I really want to pick his brain. I met him and I said, do you have a tech background? And then he said, no, absolutely not. I was like, so how are you getting all of these people to work for a tech business mm -hmm. without any tech experience? Mm -hmm. And so he was like, let's talk, let's talk later. And I was right. like, okay. I shared him my ideas for what I wanted to build. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, I'm looking for a product management or any kind of opportunity that might be interest to me. So since you have an ear down in the tech industry, give me a call or shout out. And, uh, not 72 hours later, he emails me and he says, uh, okay, so I don't have a tech job for you per se, mm -hmm. but I do have an opportunity that I want to present to you. So he pitched to me this idea of kind of like a media content creation company that mm -hmm. he was like, here, what do you think of this? And so he sent me what the idea was. And I was like, you know, not many people have capitalized in this area. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's a, a lot of place for growth. Maybe only a few people in the industry has tried to capitalize on this growth. There's huge uh, growth of influencers, uh, Instagram influencers, mm -hmm. YouTube influencers, and then no one's really managing them or trying to create content for them or making it easier for them to create content. That's where we started about a little over a year ago. And right. I haven't looked back. Um, you guys have a pretty awesome team, actually, because there's a few of you that were there at the conference. So it started out with just three people. Jay and Jack were talking. He was like, can I follow you like 
Gary V. Mm-hmm. And Jay was like, no, but let's turn that into a business idea. And then he talked to me and he was like, Jack, I think I found our third co-founder. And so we all kind of just bootstrapped it and just tried to create businesses with local businesses that we really cared about or we mm-hmm. thought were doing something really fantastically different. And then um, we wanted to give them a voice, basically turn up the volume on what they were doing. That was a year ago. It mm-hmm. has evolved a lot. Now we have Betty, Rachel, we have Parker working with us. We also have Nia. So we've grown into more than twice the size. It's like, you know, give and take. People fall through, it doesn't fit for them. It's not easy trying to find good people or the right people. Give us a couple of tips on how you guys went about expanding the team or what you would look for in a person before you qualified them to come on board? I think emotional intelligence is a lot more important than intelligence itself. EQ over IQ all the time. You could be the smartest person in the world, but if you feel like you have a God complex, it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to work with that kind of person. Definitely EQ over IQ. Uh, Another thing is we try to hire slow, fire fast. I tend to enjoy letting people exit themselves. Like, you know, people tend to weed out themselves. So we try to be really wise about how we let go. We give them opportunities to step up to a situation. And Mm -hmm. if they don't, then they tend to usually bow out anyways. If we say, hey, in three months, I want you to reach these goals. If you do, then we'll give you benefits or whatever, or some kind of pay agreement. And then if they don't, then usually they say, hey, they found a different opportunity or they enjoyed working with us, but this is not really the right fit for them. I tried to create opportunities for them to really step up to their moment. And then if it's not on the same page, it's not on the same page. Perhaps it's wrong timing or whatnot. It's not the right brand for them, which is fine. And we try to look for someone who is hungry, not on survival mode. Hunger versus survival is very different. Hunger is someone who is hungry for more than just the money, the short term. Mm -hmm. Hunger is something that's driving them and something that really feeds their soul. Whereas survival mode is someone who needs money for short term. Everybody to their own. But right now, what we need is someone who's hungry, not in survival mode. You have a history of being bold and thinking outside of the box. And when we had the opportunity to talk, you really touched on something that I thought was important and that you made me even more aware of. And that was more Asian women in the C-suite and heading businesses. For you Mm -hmm. personally, growing up in an entrepreneurial family, how and why is this so important to you and a part of your personal mission? I got really lucky that I grew up with so many strong women in my family. I'm Korean and Chinese. I have assumption that there's a lot of Korean families that, or Asian families in general, that have a very defined idea of success and usually has to do with reputation and how much money you make and bragging rights to their children. So it's a very shame culture, not a guilt culture. I heard this from someone. American culture is very guilt culture in the sense of if you do something wrong, it's shame on you only. Mm -hmm. But in an Asian culture, if you do something wrong, it's shame on your whole family, not just your shame. It's your whole family's shame and anybody you're attached to. And so it's very, very constricting 
into like freedom to create, freedom to explore ideas and things like that. I read about some of the things. There was this Ivy League gentleman from Korea who came to study. He got a job offer from one of the big six accounting firms in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And he was building something inside his dorm. And I forget what it was. I think it was like Groupon or something equivalent to that. And they were building it out. But when his parents found out, They said, you will quit and stop goofing around or we will basically take you back to Korea. And so it's a very strong culture where there's a sense of controlling the future of what their children do. I remember one diplomat, she was a Korean woman who was a diplomat for, and and she went to South Korea. Her husband is the stay-at-home dad. She went to a South Korean high school and she was talking about her business job and like her family and These Korean girls were like, wait, you are the one who brings money home and your husband stays on home with the children and you have a successful relationship and marriage and Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. So it blew their mind that it even existed, that it was even possible. Korea is very a top down society. Mm -hmm. So I figured if they don't see it happening, like that guy who uh, created Groupon and was made to quit. He decided he did go to that job, the six-figure income accounting firm. Mm -hmm. And then he was actually moving to a different accounting firm. But he quit six months early and gave himself a six-month gap between this job and the next job and didn't tell his parents Mm -hmm. that he was doing this. And then he decided he was going to try to build something again. His co-founders that he had to quit with, they went off successfully selling this to some major company like Google or or something for like $5 million. And he was just like, shoot, (laughs) you know, I was onto something. So he gave himself a six month window and now he is the equivalent to a Mark Zuckerberg in Korea. He met the Korean president and the Korean president said, we need more people like you, Mm. but it's not easy because the whole society is basically against them to being taking chances, which is ironic because most of our immigrant parents come with like $5 in their pocket and start a company and business with no English to them. So it's kind of ironic because they are very risky with themselves, but they don't want that for us. I really wanted to build Asian women up by trying to be successful, not like not only for myself, but I have never seen a lot of Asian women that are successful or on Time Magazine or on TV or as a superhero, it affects your mentality on like what you think is possible. So that is why I really wanted to encourage and showcase a lot of strong Asian women who are able to think outside the box, who doesn't have to go to doctor school to get a doctor husband, but to be a doctor themselves not just an MRS degree, and then they go home and have children and vicariously live through their kids, but really try to have the best of both worlds. You know, I'm not saying staying at home is a bad thing. It's a full-time job. It's really hard. I'm not saying it's for everybody. A lot of Asian cultures say it's for all women to just stay at home and be a home taker and provide children and things like that. There's still a lot of that thinking underneath. 
Wow, Create Your Life family, I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Who has been your biggest champion on the road to you becoming who you are today? I think there's a couple of different people. Definitely my mother. She is very entrepreneurial and she's very gutsy. She takes a lot of bold risks. She used to drive to New York every two, three weeks to get all of her jewelry goods, and she memorized everything. I remember she was in a really bad part of D.C. when she opened up her jewelry gift shop, and I remember a story she told me. She said, I got robbed by a gunpoint, and she could read people. So she was like, the leader, he had a heart, though. And so she kind of took advantage, and she said, please, sir, I'm a single mother with a four-year-old daughter. Please just don't take everybody, everything. And so he says, don't touch the bottom row <laughs> at gunpoint, right? So she yeah. says, please, just don't take everything. And he says, don't touch the bottom row. And someone tried to be greedy, and he was like, don't touch the bottom row. He made him put it back. At that time, D.C. cops were not that, they were pretty corrupt. So right. she knew she wasn't going to get it back. Right, but right. it was really funny because when the police were doing a report, she just went back down to the basement, and she started getting more, more goods out to display on the top row. And the cops was like, wow, most women are, or most people just in general are just completely like undone and, Mm -hmm. you know, crying and sobbing. She's like, I got to make money. I got to support my family. What's the other option? That's her spirit. That's something that I always will remember. What's the other option? You can't break down. You, You have to keep pursuing. Another person I think would be, I think Jay. He and I really click. We are each other's sounding boards and the way we think is very different. Like my mother is a very traditional businesswoman. She's very successful. I gave him an example of a food truck which is kind of killing my mother's cafe business and she hates them. And Mm -hmm. what they do is they'll just buy one coffee and 10 of their employees use all of our bathrooms and our patrons can't use any of it. And it's just like horrible for like an hour. Sorry, mom, for giving this up. But like she would put an out of order sign. And Jay and I, we were just like, well, how could we make this an opportunity? What if we made it like almost like a gym membership, but for bathrooms? And then if you pay for $25, we would get you toiletries of your own and package it. Kind of create, and or we could make a business deal where you sell some of our sandwiches or some of our goods on right. your food truck. Right. And then we'll sell some of yours. It's kind of like a trade right, right. so that Why it would it? be mutual. So really funny. That's what I enjoy about Jay, my partner. Mm-hmm. He and I really just click about talking about crazy ideas and things like that. Love it. What advice, really quickly, what advice would you give to others looking to follow in footsteps similar to yours? 
Trust your instincts, even though they're wrong. Don't be afraid of failure. Get over that failure fear. I cannot tell anybody enough how paralyzing it is to be in the fear of failure. And it took me a really long time. Even though I didn't know if it was right or wrong, I had to do it because that's how you sharpen your instincts. Like test if you're right or wrong Mm -hmm. and learn from it, right? If you don't, then you will never know if your instincts were right. You won't be able to get sharper. Also, try to find people who believe in you. My mentor, Jocelyn, she she was my teacher and she's like, I'm not going to tell this to everybody because it's not for everyone. But she mm-hmm. said, Jean, start your own business. Just do it for 18 months. Don't get a real job. And then mm-hmm. I was like, you think I'm ready for that? And she was like, absolutely. She said to me, which was like really encouraging. She was like, I can't wait for the day that I will work for you. And I was like, you work for me? You really believe in me that much? And Mm -hmm. she was like, absolutely. Surround yourself with people who believe in you. Mm -hmm. And but most of all, you have to kind of believe in yourself. Last question before we jump into the dolphin tank. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? Career or hobby or anything that you've always wanted to do? I would love to be a food critic and just travel the world because I love traveling. I love food. It's such a passion that so many chefs and people really put their heart into. And I just so appreciate it because my family's from a restaurant business. My mother has impeccable taste buds and she can taste anything. It's kind of frustrating though sometimes too. (laughs) I really appreciate the art of how people put food together. And I love traveling because I would give people advice to travel as soon as possible. If they're high school students, take a gap year and travel because Traveling will meet you where you are in your life and it'll teach you so much, so much of yourself and open up so many different perspectives. And I think perspective is going to keep you humble. Perspective is going to make you grow. Perspective is going to change you. And so I would love to do that in my later life or just now. I mean, I'm working on doing that all. And then I love, I love dogs. So I would board dogs or I would get an animal sanctuary. <laughs> so Jeannie, my next question to you is, is can you swim? I can. Okay. Awesome. I asked that question because we were about to jump into the dolphin tank. Okay. Okay. So this is rapid fire questions. First question, okay. what are your goal setting methods and how do you measure or make sure that you are growing each year? I try to be agile with that though. So I try to make a goal and then work backwards from it on mm-hmm. how to do that. Like whether it's milestones, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like scrum management where you set a goal. Okay. So let's be the most impactful brand in all of Kansas. And so you say, how do you do that? Right. And you break down what that would look like. So let's be in three different publications by next year. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, so how do we do that? We go work backwards and you keep on saying, well, maybe if we reach this many followers, then it would catch their attention. So we make measurements of let's reach out to a thousand followers every month. And then you just working towards that. And so make sure you make a goal, but also make sure that the milestones that you create are actually measurable. You can't really measure if you're making an impact yet, but you can measure like how many followers you can reach out to. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Nothing. Myself, right? That's 
usually the answer. You're at a place where you are and you have to get over things and you just have to tell yourself that this is just an obstacle that you have to get over and go for what you really want. Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly. Slack, also Studio Binder and Monday. Favorite quarter model that you live by? There's so many. I, I can't really think of one particular. Can I come back to this one? Yeah. Okay. F- favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Cradle to Cradle. It's a book about sustainability and it's telling designers because I'm from a design background. When you create something, create something for seven generations. That's a Native American saying. Seven generations from now, what would they say about our generation? So Cradle to Cradle is telling designers and architects and anybody who creates things the intent to not go from cradle to grave, from creation to trash, cradle to cradle. So go back to recreating. So what if we could create a biodegradable cup with like nitrogen so that if you literally litter, then it would be fertilizing wherever it landed. So small ideas like that made Mm -hmm. me really rethink the way that I want to design or build relationships, companies, businesses, things like that. Three jewels you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Know yourself. Get over your fear of failures. Trust your instincts even if it's wrong. Coming back, favorite quote or model? I would say something on the lines of don't be afraid of failure. It's a learning tool. Thomas Edison, he did over a thousand experiments in order to create the light bulb. People were like, are you crazy? Why would you keep on doing that? He was like, if I didn't, then there wouldn't be light. There wouldn't be light bulbs. So like if he did give up, so perseverance. Absolutely. What's next for you? I'm going to focus on creators group really strongly. On the side, I'd also like to try to write and maybe create stories that showcase Asian women. So maybe create movies that have more diversity in it. And, you know, maybe an Asian version of Black Panther. I don't know. So, you know, different things. I'd I'd like to have different outlets. Okay. And how can we keep in contact with you? You can follow me on uh, Instagram at J-E-A-N-I-0 or just watch what Creators Group is doing. C-R-E-A-T-O-R-S-G-R-P and see what we're up to as a company. And and that would be great. Awesome. So now we're at the point in the interview called the turnaround. And so what the turnaround is, is you get to ask me any three questions and I have to answer. My only request is, is that you be gentle. (laughs) Okay. Can it just be fun questions? Fun. It's up to you. You're in charge. Okay. I'm assuming you've traveled a lot, Kevin. I've seen a bit of the world. If you were to be reborn again, just based on cuisine, what country would you have to be like be born in based on food yeah based on food you can eat it all the time i love thai food but i also mexican food is my favorite but i also love (laughs) black american food so this is hard so it's almost like putting me in america (laughs) because you can get all three here oh man so you would have to be half or a quarter thai yes and then um a a quarter mexican and half black or something. I would have to be all of the above because the food is just too good. California is like really Mexico. So like the the Mexican food there is the best. Second question. What was the moment when you got over your fear of failure? Oh, uh, wow. Exact moment. I mean, there were so many different times where okay. you, know, you, you have this idea of what can go wrong in your head and then you have to push past it. I would say like moving to New York. I had a tough time here at first and being able to just continue to push forward, move through it. Fearing failure, college was something that I wasn't sure of how to navigate and stuff. When I started my clothing company a long time ago, and to see that people really wanted it, and out on campus, it was just like, oh my god, you know, you I didn't know 
But it was like every time that I go ahead and push past that fear, only great things happen on the other side. Tries to creep in here and there. And so being human about it and just saying, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. So what? You know, what if can be positive or it can be negative. And if you choose the positive what if, then I think you're on the right track. Okay. What do you think your grand, grand, grandchild, seventh generation sound, would say about you? Wow. Seven generations. I think that he or she would say that I broke away from the pack and the norm and became mm-hmm. and set a started a completely new type of family history for them to have followed behind and to be a part of. And so I set the standard. That's good. Well, thanks, Kev. Oh, thank you, Jeannie, man. It's always amazing to speak with you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Great your life, family. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. This helps us build the community, and building the community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much value as possible to you. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347 to schedule your consultation and remember to use code CYLS that's podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273